Welcome back to my dad's podcast, season two, My Blackest Challenge National. Follow him on Twitter or Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye! Hello everyone, you are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalei G. Bain Lamberts, and coming up on today's episode, I have a great conversation with a special guest, artist Gota Flika, who is the current 2020 award winner for the Reggae and Dance Hall Best Album for the IMAs, um, Independent Music Awards. Alright, um, I sit down with Gota Flika and I have an amazing conversation about his experience as an African migrant and and how his migrant experience influences and inspires his music, but also his passion for water sanity and helping the environment and charity back in his in native homeland. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Spotify, Google, Apple, or you can definitely find it on Anchor, which is a flagship where I publish this podcast. Um, please make sure to review and rate the podcast five stars. I really always appreciate your feedback. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at blacktransnationalpodcast. And if you want to follow my personal page, you can find me at blacktransnational underscore. And if you just want to know a little bit more about everything that has to do with this show and this podcast, you can check us out at www blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. We're actually just on Facebook now. We just launched our Facebook page. You can find that at Black Transnational Podcast as well, or you just go on Facebook and you could just Google My Blackest Transnational Podcast and you will find a Facebook page for this show. All right. So those are the many ways in which you can get in contact with us. I really always appreciate your feedback and I love the interactions. And it's a lot of these interactions and contacts with me that kind of lead to a lot of these new and interesting guests that we have on our show. And Go to Fleeka is an example of that. We got contacted by one of his, his agents and, and one of his supporters who really advocated and wanted us to hear his story and really felt like he had an amazing story to tell. And he actually did. And he was an amazing interview. So that's just an example of how getting in contact with the show, getting in contact with me, the host, can lead to a lot of exciting content. And we love to be able to hear what you have to share. And we are always looking for black transnationals all across the world who want to share their story who are looking for things to inspire them, who are just looking for ways to connect, who want to learn more and educate others, okay? So those are the formalities. So go to Flika, just to go back to that. Um, he is a musician that is from West Africa, Ghana in particular, and he migrated at a very young age, about 17, and he served in the U.S. Navy for some time, but even in the midst of all that, he speaks very much about his passion for music and how he stayed consistent and true to that, but he also talks a lot about his connection to his homeland 
and he talks about his passion for water sanity. So we get into a really amazing conversation where we just, like I said, I don't know this guy from Adam and Eve before, but you can just tell we really connected and we really connected on that transnational level and talked about a lot of things that relate to us. And it's always such a beautiful thing when brothers from, you know, different parts um, of life can be able to connect on similar things and bond. And that's kind of what it felt like at this conversation. So I had an amazing time and he, and he really, you know, can talk about how his investment in himself led to him to win this award for the IMA um, reggae dancehall album of the year of 2020 called Go Up. And actually the song that you heard in the beginning of this podcast was one of the songs that he made in this album called African Child. And I thought it was a really good song. It's one of my favorites on the song. And you'll hear me say that on the conversation that I have with him. So I strongly suggest that you all go on YouTube. You all check him out on Spotify. Just Google his name. It's G-O-T-A-F-L-I-K-A. Pronounced Gotaflika. Check it out and provide some feedback and support. All right. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm going to stop now and uh, transition you all to the interview that I have with Gotaflika. All right. So here it is. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You're listening to My Black is Transnational. And today for this episode, we have on a very special guest, um, an award-winning musician who just recently won the IMA Reggae and Dance Hall Album of the Year for his album, Go Up, um, a self-proclaimed African migrant. Um, and a champion for a lot of issues that are going on back in the continent. Um, so I want to welcome to the show, um, Gotaflika. Such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much for joining. How are you doing? Very beautiful day. You know, it's a lot of things that's going on around the world, as you can see. But, uh, you know, when you wake up and you're able to see the sun every day, and uh, you check on your family members and friends, if everybody's okay, then it's a beautiful day than you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I can appreciate that. All right, so for those of you who may not know, those are the listeners of the show, and even those who listen to your music, um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what are you passionate about, in addition to your music? Just let us know who you really are. Definitely, I would love to tell people who I am. Uh, so my name is Gota Flicker, like he said. Um, I was born in West Africa, nation of Ghana, moved to United States. At uh, the age of 17, back in 03, uh, did a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, after high school, I decided to join military, so that's what I did. And um, proceed on. Music always been part of my life. Served in almost 12 years in United States Navy. Um, just got out this January. Wow. And um, it's always, I believe that, you know, what I'm doing as a musician, my platform is a huge uh, place that I can use to help my people that I left back. Because where I grew up in Africa wasn't a pleasant place. You know, it was um, a place that definitely people need help. So every opportunity, every chance that I get in my life, I feel like uh, it's my responsibility to use that platform or that stage to go back and help all those people so that they can also have a, a better life than I had. As you can see, every generation um, the father and the mother work hard enough so that their kids don't have to go through whatever they went through. So I carry the same thing with me, the same ideology yeah. to move on with my life. And every step that I take, 
I feel like I have to do a lot so that those behind me don't have to fall in the trap or do better than I did. Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, I before I continue, I want to thank you for your service, um, for putting in those 12 years and everything that you did serve in the United States Navy. Uh, secondly, you know, where in Ghana, because, you know, I have some Ghanaian ties as well, but I wanted to know where in Ghana were you, are you, uh, were you raised? I was born in, um, I was born in a place called, uh, it's in the Bunahafo region. That's where I was born at. Then, uh, when I was, uh, somewhere around eight, nine years, I moved to, uh, uh, Kumasi mm-hmm. and that's where I really grew up in Kumasi Asafu. And, um, you know, from there I moved to Accra for a year. Then I moved to United States. Okay. So one of the things that we really cherish here on this podcast is we really love to talk about the immigrant experience and that what you mentioned already, which is being connected to back home and not forgetting your home in Ghana. But before we talk about that, I really want to touch on the music experience. And I want to know what your musical journey was. What led you to be able to be who you are now and be an award-winning musician? So it's music. I think as individuals, we are all born with music in us, but some people have to um, have some people have it at extra mile, just like any talent. Um, it's something that it has been with me since I was a kid, and I remember um, going to when I lived in those villages. I was going house to house and be singing for people, mm. and uh, I wasn't. I was not collecting any money, but it was just fun to do in the evenings back in, when I was a kid in Africa. Um, so I, I, I love that. Anytime, at those times, when a, a song comes on radio, all what I have to know is to get a chance to listen to the song once, and that will start with me. Mm. And uh, there have been a lot of music that I've been following. So uh, African legends like Lucky Dube, like I, long, I, I learned a lot of his songs on my fingertips. As soon as I hear it, it will just get stuck with me. So moving to the United States, that did not change, even though know, the family pressure that as most of immigrants that we face, because when you come here, they expect you to just go to school and become a junior or doctor. Mm-hmm. It didn't change. I still had the focus that I want to be a musician, even though the pressure was on my shoulders. And um, I kept on working. So 2007, that's when I really started, got opportunity to stand in front of a mic to start to record myself. And folks that were there, they really appreciated uh, how much I did at that time, and I received a lot of encouragement. From then on, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Even way before that, I was always writing. You know, like I get napkin or anything I come across, I'll just I'll just um, write it. You know, whatever is in my mind and stuff like that. So it's always been with me. And joining military, it didn't change either. Even on deployment, on desert, on at sea. I will still be writing music. So when I get a chance to be on land, I'll be recording simultaneously. I was always trying to go to musical events like the one that I did in a revolt music conference by Pop Daddy. Mm-hmm. I went to that event when I released my text mixtape called uh, Yamakota Flicker so that I can let people know that what I'm doing. And also, I, because I believe in my craft, I always tend to spend a lot of time, a lot of my resources lot of my money that I can have to push my music because I believe that I have a great music that people need to hear. So I really took time, every opportunity that I get to invest in myself. And as you can see, winning IMA for Reggae Dancehall Album of the Year 
it goes a long way and it doesn't come easy because I sacrificed a lot for this album. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the key word that stands there is the investment and the sacrifice that you made in order to make it happen. And another thing that you mentioned when you were talking was the idea of that pressure from back home. When you, you know, most of us Africans, when we come, our parents tell us, oh, you, there's so many things. You have to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, that pressure, especially being in America. <laughs> Coming in as a seven, you know, the, you know, you know the four things. You either a doctor, yeah. or a lawyer, or engineer, or you're a failure. You know, so like either way. <laughs> um, but coming to the United States at your age, when you were 17, and you know, finishing high school, and then you know, taking this path that you've taken for yourself, what was your experience coming to the United States alone and having to immigrate and, and, and I mean, acculturate? yourself to the land did you experience some culture shock what were some things that you that you experienced coming through so of course when you come in the language barrier is there you speak english mm -hmm. they speak english but it's like it's different it doesn't work well mm -hmm. that's the first thing that you encounter so i came in then you get into the high school right away and it's like you're trying to communicate with the teacher or student it doesn't really work well, so they have to pretend they understand you. And sometimes you have to pretend you understand them by nodding your head, mm -hmm. smiling mm -hmm. to let them know, yeah, I am with you, by in your head. You're like, no, <laughs> I didn't understand what this person said. So definitely it takes a lot from the way that we dress, the way that we talk, and who we want to be. Um, it, 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 it takes a lot of toll on you, and uh, sometimes it makes either makes you unhappy to go to school and you have to go because you are forced to. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the things. And even during high school, I was able to get my first job at a restaurant. And I was, I was a dishwasher. And I was excited because coming from Africa, I've never worked to make my own money. Mm -hmm. So working as a dishwasher, I was excited. But I did well enough for the manager to realize that I'll be also better to come to the floor to work as a waiter. And uh, possibly I can make a lot of money. And surely when they did that, it changed the game. And the good thing is coming from Africa, no matter what you do, you never get tired. Mm -hmm. So I always mm -hmm. carry that energy wherever that I get opportunity to work, even the music, even on the stage. You know, I carry that energy with me. And that's amazing to see that the things that your energy will help you to do, you cannot even imagine that. So definitely it was a huge shock, always trying to communicate with people being the most difficult thing that you can find and also understanding the concepts of how even something like owing a debt here, how different it is, um, paying for a rent, how it is here, how you have to sign up for everything, how when you visit somebody, how things work. So the environmental differences are there, um, the physical outlooks of people, everything is way different from how we do things back home. But, you know, thank God today we, uh, we've been able to assimilate ourselves into the um, into the society and we're fitting well and, you know, fighting for fitness to fit in. All those are behind us now. So uh, as an African, anybody that comes in, I feel like I have to do the same thing. Once again, you have to do the same thing so that those people don't have to go through what you went through when you came here, that it wasn't many Africans at where you were and all kind of going to stores. It's, 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 it's a whole lot that I can't talk about. Yeah, yeah. This is a place to talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, <laughs> but, but Chale, you know, the thing that, that just came to my mind when you were talking about it, is that high school, man, to, to be completely honest, 
Like high school is a rough time to immigrate into a country. Like seriously, yep. it's very tough because you yep. know there's just it, people are mean there. Like it, it's just you know kids are trying to figure themselves out. So to be able to go through that and have that experience is a very eye opening one. But I wonder, <laughs> I wonder for you know from I want your perspective. So like when you saw America on TV back in Ghana, and then you saw. <laughs> America with your own two eyes here. Like what was what was your comparison? How did you feel when you saw the difference? So it's um this this is a great question you're asking. Um so when in Africa and you see America on TV, you think that there's a special rain that rains in America clean <laughs> and you think that everything is just glassy, you have to be careful and you have to be smart to yes. be involved with it. If you walk in the street, you have to, you, you are walking on a golden carpet mm-hmm. and it's like there's nothing to worry about, you know. Um, watching uh, that movie called the, uh, Boys in the Hood, I oh, watched yeah. that movie. And when I watched that movie, I remember when uh, Junior, uh, 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 yeah, his name is, one of his name is Junior, um, he went to visit the girl and they were in the house oh, and, you know, chilling or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, damn, yeah, this America, man. I can't wait to get <laughs> this. And <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> you know, it's like, you look at all the high rises, you know, like people send you a picture of the tall buildings in New York and you're like, oh my God. And I have a sister in Brooklyn that when she shot a picture and sent it to us, we saw the tall buildings and everybody looking sharp, the street looking sharp. Mm. And you're like, oh my God. But right before I came to stay, something struck me that I was watching Boys in the Hood once again, and I saw a neighborhood. When I saw that neighborhood, it reminded me of uh, Boshizongo mm-hmm. in uh, Kumasi. And I was like, is this America? <laughs> then my brother was like, yeah. My brother was like, oh, yeah, because uncle said his son was playing at the backyard and he got pinched by, you know, a span or, some, a span or something like that. I was like, what? You can get that in America? Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. Never knew that there are different levels in America mm. that we talk about. And it's, it's so crazy that when our people come to America, they take the best pictures and send it to Africa. And when they go to Africa, they <laughs> yes. take the worst pictures yes. and send it to the people here. Yes. So um, it's... It's not all that green that we see that it is in America. It's everywhere we have the levels. And we as people, as Africans, we have to understand that so that when we come here, we should not just be looking for the the greatest of all. Just do your best. And if you carry the same idea back home, I think Ghana could have been, or most of the third world nations could have been uplifted Mm. as higher it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's deep, though. It's very deep because... You know, when you, as you mentioned, when I came to the United States, when I came to states uh, from Nigeria, you know, I was a small, like, I was younger than you. But right. the thing about it was that I used to watch so many cartoons and even TVs and movies. You know, like Home Alone. You know, you watch those, right. those things. Uh, when I tell you that I thought the snow in America tasted like vanilla ice cream, I swear to God, I was in the I Bronx, New York. I went outside the first time snow in January 1998. I remember going outside and I saw the snow and I ran outside, no coat, no anything. And I was sticking my tongue out, picking up the snow, thinking this thing was ice cream falling from the sky. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, and then you know, in like, my case, it's, it's, they woke me up. 
at 12 midnight, they to let me know that it has snowed, so I should go and look at it. Yeah. And yes, I got out there, so so white. It's like, wow. Then you realize how cold it is. <laughs> and then you immediately <laughs> miss home. So you're like, well, this is not yeah. even worth it. But, um, you know, another thing that seriously that stuck out to me is what you said as far as, you know, we come to the States and we take pictures. We take the best pictures and we make the best out of our situation here. We, we create the best, most beautiful picture of the States. But then when we go home, we create the worst. And I think that adds to that whole pressure that you're talking about. Because I think a lot of our yeah. people, you know, we feel it, especially the ones who are connected back home, you know, who I, I call transnationals, is that we feel it because our people back home, they're the ones who hit you up on WhatsApp. And they're like, bros, like, I see you're doing well. <laughs> you know, even yeah. if they see a couple pictures on Facebook and they're like, bruh, I see you're doing well. Like, you send us some money, you know, we're doing bad here. And that's when you get the picture of the worst back home and then people here who are you who you're affiliating with you know back in the, in the states who you're affiliating with making friends with asking you about africa and they see the worst so you can't tell them about the beauty because the truth of the matter is as you know ghana is beautiful ghana is amazingly beautiful just naturally there are places in ghana that have more beautiful scenery than even the states itself right but we don't see that, and there's no appreciation for that. So it's a very powerful statement that you made that I think I want the listeners to understand is that there's something to that as far as the pictures that we create for where we're from and where we're going. And we need to do a better job, as you mentioned, you know, understanding that the reality that there's no perfect place. Every place has its, its shanty places, you know. So, um, But I want yeah. to ask you, again, as we follow up, how connected? How often do you keep in touch with your with, with Ghana, like your family back home and everything? How well connected are you back home? You know, so um, when I left, even though I left and I've been here for some years, I've never been back for almost seventeen years. Hmm. But people can feel me there every day because I have good friends that I went to high, uh, school with and my childhood friends and. Um, we talk like we talk almost every other day. I talk to my family members and a lot of people that are over there trying to get inside what's going on in Ghana. And it's it's like I, I, it's, it's part of me, you know. It's part of me. You can't, I can't. And I'm so glad that uh, when I meet a lot of Africans here, how we interact, you know, when I see them, I feel like I'm back home. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is like, do I know what is going on there? Yes, you have to. And I think that's the most important thing. So those are the things that I carry my music. My music might sound different, but that doesn't mean that I'm not really, you know, into an African and stuff like that. I'm so glad to see all that chic and all this African wear that can go online to order and, you know, listen to now Afrobeat is all over the world. Like you would not believe some years ago, you and I know that you would never hear even Afrobeat anywhere, even when you go to African parties now, yeah. that's what they play. I am in Los Angeles, North Hollywood, and you can hear somebody at the next door playing an Afrobeat from um, Whiskey, Davido, you know, um, all, all that, Boy and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. like, wow, I can't believe that our music is run out here being played on radio station. The first time I heard African music on radio station, yeah, I almost jumped out of the car, uh-huh. you know, and it was so exciting. So these are the things that I see. It makes me feel like, yep, now I'm really connected. Even though I'm here, the distance is far, but so far as the imagination and everything, 
is right here. I can talk to people back home. I can hear the music here, and I can go to places to see all this African stuff that it, it doesn't bother me to be like, damn, this nostalgic, you know, feeling so nostalgic to the point that, man, I need to go so bad. So I'm really connected, you know, talking to people back home, um, listening to the music here, and watching things that is going on in Africa. You know, the 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 music piece, I always think about this because I've had many conversations with people, even in past episodes of this podcast. When we come when we talk about Afro Afrobeats and the rise of Afrobeats and how cool it has become compared to what it used to be, because the most African music that you may have heard back in the day in America was maybe like fella or high life type of things. Now yeah. You know, you see the Afro beats, you see the rise of Wiz Kids, and even musicians such as yourself. And I'm sure that the impact of it has been tremendous for you, and especially even where you're at in your career. But I want to know, what do you think as far as the com- the the the, um, the combination now of what Afro beats is doing as far as even emerging with hip hop? Because I feel like it may possibly be bringing African immigrants and African Americans together. Like, what are your thoughts as far as? just that relationship and what music can do for that it's 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 it's, it's tremendous uh, because now i listened to omarion and he he came out with some song that uh i think it was he wasn't with uh a techno but he came out was it techno he, you know like now they are looking at how the whole world is shifting and i'm so glad so glad that brother aircon said that about i think 2013 or 14 that I watched one of the interviews and somebody asked him, so what is next music? What do you think, you know, hip hop going? He was like, yeah, watch out for Afrobeat is going to take over. Mm-hmm. And right here, five, five, six years after that, or whatever it is, it has taken over. So now it has become the coolest thing to have. And I'm not afraid. Econ is not afraid. None of those guys are afraid to stand on the world stage to perform Afrobeat. Now BT Award, they give the best African you know, art or best African music. And it's like, wow, now it's accepted. So it's going to get greater and greater than we can imagine. You know, my only concern is like, I want, I hope those will be coming out because if you look at, if you look at the way we're turning the Afrobeats now, you know, looking at Whiskey and the Dido and Bernabo and those folks, like they stick to the certain ways of portraying the music and now if i watch some other guys it's like they turn into like the style the last style is like kind of um like a, the rap you know hip-hop style mm-hmm. like you know getting all this so i hope that we stick to the content that we have in our music create great great content you know if we keep creating great content for people to understand i think i from ets already pretty much i would say it's like 50 percent 55% in the world music industry, mm. you know. So if we have good content, I think it will be able to penetrate to about 70%. That means, like, almost the whole world, everybody knows Afrobeats, like Bob Marley has been able to done for reggae music to be all over the world. Mm. So Afrobeat has been there. People know it, but it's been, you know, for years now, it's like the sleeping giant as we work, mm. and now it's taking over again. So... People like ourselves that have been here for years or our kids that are going to be born here, now them hearing the music that is cool, I think it's, it's rich and needed. You know, we celebrate that yeah. moment and it's great. And I feel like it's going to just go up and get better. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. That is, that is the absolute truth. So for you, why, why 
reggae and dance hall and not afro beats being from ghana like what made you go that route even though you might be versatile and can do multiple but this albums were in particular why go right. that route honestly uh when i was in ghana and my feel at that time was pretty much more like i listened to a lot of reggae music mm-hmm. but honestly the go up album for instance and if you listen to my music well um for those that don't know, they feel like it's reggae. It's because I have an accent and the way that it flows. Mm. But the beat and a lot of things doesn't really change. Even if you listen to Go Up, I have a song called African Child. Yep, I love and that song. The, <laughs> right. You know, and even the Go Up itself, it's people that put it in a certain way that they feel that they can hear. But in my ear, it's not specifically reggae. That the only reggae song that I feel like I have released strongly it's called Another Day, Another Dollar. That's mm-hmm. really reggae. But it's my flow that is creating that kind of genre that people feel is like reggae. So even honestly, if you ask me, I say I pop reggae because sometimes you get a lot of pop in the music mm-hmm. that I have. You know, so um, definitely one reason why it's kind of, I have to be careful about doing Afro beats is that... Um, it's a certain things that you have to let it ride on its own for some time. And I'm type of an artist that I'm not in rush because mm-hmm. I don't rush for anything. I just put my effort in things. Okay. You know, I have to understand that, yeah, Afrobeat is taking over, is doing well, but how well can you present it to the world? Because it should be so grateful for an artist like myself to portray Afro, uh, Afrobeat in such a way that it's not going to be great. So I have to be careful the time that I have to come out with Afrobeat and the type of message that I have to carry to the world. And um, African Chat exemplifies my type of Afrobeat that if I'm doing it, this is the way that I feel like it's supposed to be, supposed to present where I come from, who I am, what I've been through and everything, things like that. And music is, the only thing that changes the music is pretty much just the beat. So I, 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 if I'm presenting, it has to be well, well, well presented. But as of right now, I'll keep bringing out what I'm capable of bringing to the world for them to see. And definitely some people even categorize me like, oh, you don't have for B2. So I get that title added to what I'm doing. So I love, I love, I love the genre. But, you know, if I'm doing it, like I said, I have to do the best to my ability for people to know that it's not a joke when we talk about Afrobeats because some people are taking time to build it up for us to, you know, to live on. Absolutely. And I already mentioned, I love the song African Child. I even love the chorus, you know, where I think even when I watch the video and listen to the song <laughs> on Spotify, you know, it goes, Mama, Mama, I need money, you know, to And I need money and it's real. It's so yeah. typical. And that video was shot in Zambia. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, it's, it's it's interesting. They 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 are so it's so relatable to every African, yeah. every African. Yeah, and it's like what inspired that? What was that process when you made this song? Because it's a very there's a there's a message in that song like, that talks about it. It is. Yeah. So could talk to us about that. So African Chad was my first encounter with my dad. Mm. Um, when the first time I met him, and uh, I think even my documentary, I said it. This uh. They were like, yeah, your dad is here. Yeah, because I've never seen my, my dad because as soon as my dad lived in Nigeria for years and even when I was born, he was still in Nigeria, you know? So he came and he came to the, uh, the village that I was living at and 
I wake up in the morning, first thing I was like, let me go ask him for money. When I went to ask him money, he was like, go ask your mom. Mm-hmm. Then my mom was like, yeah, he's your dad. You've never seen, you don't know who he is. Go get the money for him now. And they kept tossing me back and forth. At the end of the day, I didn't get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, my good friend, at that time, his grandmother had a provision store. So every time he comes to school in the morning, you bring candies and uh, biscuits. I would say in African way, biscuits biscuit. to you the school. It. You know it. And yeah. I would always have to beg him to give me some candy or biscuit. And he would just, you know, crack a little, half, little piece of it and give it to you. And that would be an exciting day. So that was like something, it was in me. I was like, wow. So not long ago, my niece here in state, in Virginia, uh, my sister called me and she was angry about the fact that her six-year-old daughter had taken money to school. And apparently she'd been claiming that the money missing. Now knowing that this little girl been taking the money and go to the cafeteria so that it to be added to her balance. But <laughs> when she go and give it to the school, uh, the cafeterias, the cafeterians, what they do is like, because they have certain amount that you can use to buy food in the yeah. school. And usually here in America, the school serve food for free. Mm-hmm. So if you want candy or any extra stuff, then that's when you have to pay money. So this guy take the money and give it to them and they keep they kept adding it to her account. So she received a phone call one day and said and they were like, Hey uh your daughter has brought money to school. It's a lot of money and we are keeping on her credit. And they started talking to her about where she got the money from and everything. So when she came home my sister asked her, and she was like, yeah, every time I ask you to give me money, you don't give me the money. So I saw this, and I took it. Because I know if I ask you, you're not going to give it to me. Wow. So when she called me and told me about it, I was like, oh, my God. What I went through back in Africa and how I was feeling, I got my knees, you know, many years after that, kind of understanding, seeing the same thing, and she, this is what she has done. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's so universal, and I believe that, so we, so many Africans, like Mike, including me and you, mm-hmm. like there has been so many times we have gone to school and we don't get anything. And for you to get even a shirt or certain thing that you like, you know, you have to really do extra things, extra things so that your mom or your dad can give you money to go buy like a soccer ball, anything, yeah. Yeah. you know, even a candy to eat. Yeah. You have to go extra mile. And if they have it, they'll give it to you. So it's, it's so personal to me. And, uh, it's a song that's a sensitive to uh, most of us Africans. Okay. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you why the name Gotaflika. I think I want to know that. Well, Gotaflika simply means go to, uh, go to Africa. Uh-huh. And um, it's just me just adding some words, uh, doing all sort of um, addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication. And I came up with a name called Go to Africa. That means Go to Africa. Okay. And that's what I represent. And uh, it says that Go to Africa, but it also translates the fact that it's an, an immigrant, you know, from Africa, always hoping that he can do better things for his people back home. Mm-hmm. And that's what the name Go to Africa uh, is all about. It's about migrant African that came to America, want to do something better to go help his people. And that's the name Gota Flicker. So you mentioned doing good things for the people back home. And one of the things that I know that you are doing right now is this campaign for water water, um, sanitation, for clean water back in Africa. That's something that's very, very important back home. In addition to consistent electricity, you know already. But 
water. So what what about this campaign and and why is it so important to you? So when I was a kid or when I was in Africa, there was a time in my life I have to walk about miles to go fetch water. Yeah. You know, and it's it's everything that's about me is personal. I've been through it, but my life is in stages. And um we just uh go to Riverside, fetch water and we have to wake up extra early so that we will not miss school and stuff like that. And coming to America, seeing that all these things are easy, it's in your house. You don't even, in America, people even don't have a bucket in their house mm-hmm. because they don't have to carry water anywhere. Mm. You know, and I'm like, wow, how can some people leave and even not to have a bucket to go somewhere to fetch water? All what they have is water bottles. That's the only thing they used to carry water because they are going to drink it. Mm. But in my case, it's not like that. You know, you have to go extra miles and fill a barrel, you know, a barrel full of water, and it takes a lot of work. So seeing this and knowing that if there's money, if there's money somewhere, somebody can have that opportunity to have water easy, have a bonehole water or pipe water closer to them than what I had, I think it would be great thing. So as soon as any little money comes in, any all the fundraisers and everything, I have to. It's something that you cannot sleep knowing that you have this amount of money or you have this kind of opportunity that you can let people have and you keep sleeping on it. It shouldn't be bigger. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be the word president before you can go to help. And that's why I'm trying to make sure that all the water that people been drinking over there it should be a time to come. They'll be able to have close uh, water close to them, cleaner to drink because it's it's our health. But yeah. I don't know even I, I still I still even don't understand how I made it to today, and I don't even know how people who don't have good water drinking how they are living. But they are still living, you know. And if we think about it, it's crazy because now when I go to Ghana and drink any water, if it's not purified, I'm going to get sick, yeah. you know. And it's that it makes no sense. We all have to be able to have a certain level of water so that we all can drink to live and be happy, and we don't have to go extra miles to go fetch water. So it's a it's a cause that I've taken, and I I know that I really have to put up a good fight with that. So what are ways that people can join you and help you as far as contributing to this cause? So water.org. Okay. If you go to water.org, uh, uh, by my Damon, uh, he's a he's a great uh, supporter of that too, the actor. Um, it will be really simple just to support that. And uh, because right now um, I've not created any, you can all, you can also go through my, um, what is it? Because everything that I sell, my merchandise and stuff like that, maximum percentage go to water.org. So if you go to my website, go to flickermusic.com, um, definitely um, you purchase a merchandise, a certain percentage also goes annually and monthly. I have to, my team will have to calculate and send some stuff, you know, to water.org to support. But if you want to make it easy, just go to water.org. You don't have to purchase any merchandise on go to flicker.com um, or music.com. Just go to water.org. But if you want to also join the line, follow my line or my lead, then definitely uh, you can go through purchase. If anything that you purchase about go to flicker, it because I, I will have to get that is going towards... Um, the water foundations that uh, I am in for that's water.org. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. So before we start to wrap up, I want to know 
Um, what's next for you in your career? What do you have planned for us, your fans? Beautiful. Um, we all know what is going on around the world. I'm supposed to be in New York for this uh, award ceremony, but we cannot make it. So as long as coronavirus exists and we don't, have, we have things shut. There's not much uh, physical appearance any, anywhere anytime soon. But all what we can do right now is to support each other. So what I intend to do is uh, keep releasing new great, great, great music. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, we're just looking forward to see where coronavirus, all the tour that I was scheduled to do around the world, everything has come to stand still. So I can't promise how I'm going to um, appear to do uh, performances. But definitely, uh, music-wise, we'll keep pushing. We'll keep uh, releasing new music and doing interviews. Uh, such as your beautiful uh, podcast. And I think that's the way that we are keeping the momentum moving right now. But music is always music. It's in you. It doesn't matter how far you go, how old you get, how young you are. You're still going to love music. So uh, people just stay tuned and stay ready. And uh, if everything is lifted and if I got opportunity to come to your city or uh, state, uh, we will just meet and I have some great interactions. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever you can come by New York. I'm in upstate New York, but anytime you're in New York City, please let me know. I would love to come and support the music and support whatever you, you know you are working on. But I want to know, because I went to L.A. last summer, last July was the first time I actually has ever been to L.A. And, right. you know, I, I was looking for African food. <laughs> I have my best friend that lives in West Hollywood, and I think you mentioned that you're in North Hollywood. But I don't know how long you've been in L.A., but I, I'm curious, where are you able to find some some good kenke and some good wache and things like that? Uh, honestly, uh, I moved to LA in 2017. And when I moved, I lived in a place called Moorpark. That's like uh, 45 minutes away from downtown LA. And now that I live in North Hollywood, um, honestly, it's not like New York. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit tougher in LA to find African restaurant, honestly. I have not really. There was one African store that I go to anytime going for uh, grocery shopping. They will have some kenke. Um, they will have some awache in a styrofoam box, and I'll just buy some. But kenke actually is in that store. But so far as I watch in Bencoon and all those things concerned, it's kind of really not common in LA as it is in New York or even uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, or Maryland. Oh. But, but I promise you, by the time you come again, uh, we definitely hit me up. We definitely <laughs> might locate some spots. Fantastic. Like I said, I know you'd be missing the food because New York is easy to find it, but in L.A. or the West Coast, it's a lot more challenging. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just overall, I just want to thank you for taking the opportunity to join us on the show. Um, what are some ways that people can reach you? I know you mentioned go, your, your website, go to Fluka Music. Dot com, but what are some other ways that people can connect with you um, in case they want to interact? So definitely, um, of course, uh, IG is flourishing today, and I am on my IG. Um, also, um, definitely, IG is one major thing. I don't utilize Twitter a lot because Twitter is kind of a little fancy. I'm also on Facebook. Facebook is I'm keeping my Facebook up because my people in Africa can mm-hmm. hear me. Yes, the fact that they don't utilize IG like that. So Facebook right there, you can do that. And if you want to have direct message to me, also you can send it to contact uh, contact at gotafrica.com. That would be great, a way to reach out to me. And um, 
yeah, that's 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 pretty much um, a good spot that you can reach me. But if you are searching for me and I, you, you can Google me up, you can YouTube me up, and um, I'll, I'll just pop up anytime you Google YouTube. I'll just pop up from at so many websites that they have me on there, and I'm so grateful. But I really appreciate you guys taking your time to do this with me, and I hope you guys keep up good work like that. Thank you so much, Gotaflika. Also want to give a shout-out to Zenobia Records and people for setting this up, and uh, Sean Bowden yeah. in particular, uh, for just being amazing <laughs> uh, to work with. But, brother, like, like I told you before, man, you know, just peace and blessings to everything that you do. Um, and I hope that we can be able to do this again. Maybe next time I'm in LA, you know, I go flash yeah. you, make you not pick up your phone, and then you know we'll interact. Definitely, definitely. I'll be I'll be glad to welcome you to LA. Uh, we need to get our foot, you know, our foot on the ground to make sure that our people also have a great base and they have some sort of comfortability coming in. If we can give them a watch and kinky and all all those ever stuff you know correct you get me bro you get me man all right man you have a good one thank you very much for having me so there you have it my conversation with go to flika i hope you all had a good time listening to it as much as i did having it thank you so much to go to flika and zenobia records for arranging this you can definitely find go to flika's work on youtube you can google it you can find it on spotify you can find it on apple music Wherever you like to listen to your music, please check out Gota Flika's work. His latest album, his award-winning album, is called Go Up. And the song you heard in the beginning is called African Child. Please check it out. Please support. Um, we here at My Black is Transnational are here to support. And we wish you all the best. Okay, so before we wrap up, just want to mention that we have a couple more episodes before season two is over. So we're very close to the season finale. So if you haven't heard past episodes, if you haven't heard season one, please make sure to check out this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening app platforms. Binge listen to the show. Check out season one. Season one was good. It was the beginning, the genesis. And then season two is a little bit more of progression. And you see that there are different topics, different guests, different interesting perspectives that are shared on this podcast. So there's so much content for you to enjoy throughout the summer as we go on break. And then we'll be back with season three in the fall. And for those who've been sticking with me and listening to all the episodes or listening to it consistently, I'm greatly appreciative of that. And I hope that you continue to stick with us as we continue to evolve. This isn't the end. All right. I'm just letting y'all know that we only got a couple more episodes before season two is over okay but that doesn't mean you can't reach out to us you can contact us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com or you can hit up the website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast and there there's a contact us section on the website that you can go down there and just fill it out and it goes straight to us or you can use the email and you can contact us directly you can definitely reach out to us on instagram at black transnational podcast or you can hit me up directly on my personal instagram page at black transnational underscore okay so i gotta run but i appreciate you all listening i hope you all had a good time please make sure to rate and review the podcast provide your feedback as well it's greatly appreciated my name is dr kalechi bay lambert my black is transnational and i hope by the end of this yours will be too peace